This is Sustainable-ish with me, Jen Gale, and it is great to have you here. Listen in each week and I hope I can brighten up your day and leave you feeling inspired and excited about the magnificent human being that you are and the power that you have to create a better world. You won't find any expectations of eco-warrior perfection here. There's no obligatory tree hugging. You won't be judged if you drive a car, wear leather shoes, or eat the odd pack of Haribo every now and then. I'll be sharing my own gems of wisdom for sustainable-ish living, and I also relentlessly scour the internet for people doing amazing things to tackle the big environmental issues that we're facing, and I hound them until they agree to come on and inspire us all with their fabulousness and the positive change that they're making. So sit back, listen in, and get ready to change the world one baby step at a time. Hey, hey, hey. Well, this is exciting because if you're listening to this on the day it comes out, it's publication day for the Sustainable-ish Guide to Green Parenting, my new book, and the reason behind this week's little Sustainable-ish Parenting mini-series. I say it's exciting, it's exciting and it's nerve-wracking all in one. I hope my baby flies. <laughs> you can find out more about the book in episode 93 and if you fancy bagging yourself or someone you know a copy, it's available everywhere you can buy books. I'm really enjoying this little mini-series. I hope you are too. So far, I've chatted to Ellie Jackson, author of the Wild Tribe Heroes books, about how we can talk to our kids about the climate crisis and empower them to take action. I've chatted to Rachel Boyette, author of Little Veggie Eats, about getting our kids on board with eating more veggie meals. And yesterday, we heard from Charlotte Morley, founder of The Little Loop, all about renting our kids' clothes, why we should do it and how it works. So today, I'm amazed we've got this far into a parenting mini-series without mentioning nappies. For those of us who are parents, there's a whole period of our lives that seems to revolve around them. And obviously, when it comes to sustainable-ish parenting, we can't avoid talking about the reusable, disposable debate. Now, I want to be very, very clear here that there is no judgment at all about the choices that you make from me either here on the podcast or in the book. I am all about sustainable-ish and how we can start to make some better choices for the planet that very importantly work for us and our families too. But I know from my own experience when our eldest was born that nappies or disposable nappies can be a source of a kind of nagging guilt each time we put another one in the overflowing bin. But I also know that it feels pretty blooming daunting attempting to get our heads around reusable nappies, how they work, and probably top of our list of concerns, how we clean them. Remember here that none of our choices have to be all or nothing. In the same way that we can do meat-free Monday to make a start on eating more veggie meals, we can do reusable nappies part-time, so maybe just at home or during the day. Listen in to this chat with Laura Tweedale, mum of two and author of the brilliant book, The Joy of Reusable Nappies, as she walks us through a kind of reusable nappies 101. Enjoy. Hi, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. 
Hi, Jen. Thank you so much for having me. Really looking forward to this one. And this feels like this is coming out on day four, I think, of this little mini series I'm doing. And I'm like, how have we got to day four without talking about nappies when we're talking about parenting? Because it doesn't feel like a brief period when you're in it, but for a brief period of our, for a period of our children's lives and our lives, it's everything is nappies, isn't it? It's kind of all absolutely. So yes, please, can you introduce yourself? Um, my name is Laura Tweedale. I'm a writer. I live in Cheshire, England with my husband, our two young children, our three chickens and our dog. And in October 2020, my first book was published called The Joy of Reusable Nappies. Amazing. So before we dive into all things nappy, um, how has your COVID lockdown experience been? Not great. Try and put it uh, politely. I know I'm laughing. Um, Unfortunately, we have suffered two deaths in our family directly from COVID. Um, We've been separated from all of our family during this time mm. we, don't, we don't live local so but you know we're trying our best to always see the positives mm. and definitely for me with two very young children when the first lockdown was announced in 2020 my daughter was four and my son was one I had to think about that then yeah. <laughs> how old is he now yeah so in that time obviously we're at, we spent a lot of time at home and together and it really helped us I think find a find a good rhythm for our family Mm. so it's not been the best of times but also it's it's really cemented us together as a family I think and yeah be strong because of that yeah and your poor daughter's been one of those ones that sort of started school in September had a a month of or sorry a term of school that as far as they knew was normal but was quite a different experience Mm -hmm. to what most of most of the children will have experienced for their first year and then has had that sort of whole term off again and now is thrown back into it and I know my um nephew is is year one and I think he's even you know even having had that year he's he's sort of struggling to get back into it again now how has she been getting back in well the first four days were fine and then we started having I don't want to go mummy which I didn't have at all in that first term so I think maybe something's happened and also I think because we had a lot of key worker children. Where I live in Cheshire, we've got a number of really big hospitals mm. close to us, including Manchester. So we have a lot of key worker parents. And I think there's been a little bit of slotting back in because some right, of those relationships yeah. have carried on. And yeah. obviously she hasn't, some of her friends haven't. So fingers crossed we'll be all right, personally. Oh, bless her. It's so tricky for all of them. Right, so nappies and reusable nappies. What Tell us about your nappy journey. Have you done reusable nappies from day one with the first one or did you tiptoe your way in? How did you go about it? So I had never heard of reusable nappies when I had my daughter, so my my first child, other than the Terry nappies that my my mum used on me and my husband's mum used on him. And so I didn't think about it at all in my the start of my parenting journey. However, when I became pregnant with my son, I suffered from hyperemesis gravidarum, oh, which wow. is, for those who doesn't don't know, it's a severe form of nausea and vomiting in pregnancy. It is what uh, the Duchess of Cambridge has <laughs> suffered with. That is the only similarity we have. And I was very, very sick for the first five months of my pregnancy oh. and my symptoms ended around 30 weeks pregnant so it really changed our 
perception on things because suddenly I couldn't tolerate anything with synthetic fragrances. Oh, wow. So, and even now, my son's too, there are still some household cleaners and um, laundry detergents that will make me feel nauseous if I smell wow. them. It's really weird. It's such a strange thing. But it started this journey of questioning what is in these products mm. we're bringing into our home. And although I thought I'd been brought up in a very sort of eco-friendly home, there were some things that we just you know, took for granted as this is normal and, and there's no alternative. Um, and as I started doing my own research, particularly around things that cause allergies, because uh, my daughter suffers from eczema. Okay. That was how I stumbled across can't remember any sort of lightning bolt moment of, oh, oh, what's this? A, a modern cloth nappy. Mm. Um, but I, I found out about them and thought, absolutely, I want to give this a, a go. So the very first thing I did was I contacted my local council who were running the cloth nappy incentive scheme, which there are a number of councils across the country that um, do offer that in the UK. And I was sent two free reusable nappies to sort of start off my my kit mm. and then I didn't do anything about them and left them in a drawer and I think my son was probably two months old and I thought okay uh, let's start mm. and I, I was surprised by how simple they were but actually I found it harder having few nappies because yes. then it was like well, well what I've only got two I can't put two in the washing machine yes. like that seems weird so I started to slowly build my collection but I didn't really know where to start and mm. there wasn't anyone any of my friends or anyone in my community who were using cloth nappies so I didn't really have anyone to ask yes and then I was pointed in the direction of finding a cloth nappy library to try before you buy yeah and still I encourage any person who is interested in cloth nappies to see if they can find a nappy library near to them so that they can hire a kit when their baby's here mm. and that absolutely cemented for me the things that worked for him mm. and, and the things that did not work for me yeah yeah definitely okay so so to take us right back to the beginning anyone who's listening to this and thinking like I can completely understand why people might be wary of trying cloth nappies or even if you really want to, it's so daunting and overwhelming, kind of starting to, you know, you type into Google or Ecosia or whatever, like cloth mm -hmm. nappies, and suddenly there's, like you said, it's not just these, well, you can you can still get the sort of terry toweling ones and the, mm -hmm. you know, the rubber things and the, the And they're really things. good. Yeah, but, you know, you're suddenly, there's all these different ideas. And obviously, you know, when, when you're, if, if you have a hospital birth, people who have will be familiar with you know the bounty lady who comes around and you with the bounty mm -hmm. pack and that's got a disposable nappy in it and obviously you're like oh wow and so you put it on and it's there and it's convenient and it's easy and you know that you can pick them up in your next shop and all that sort of thing so it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to do why might we want to explore different options what's I'm really aware here that I don't want to be I don't want to make people feel bad about using disposables because I think it it's you know the whole sustainable-ish and sustainable-ish parenting is about finding solutions that work for us and for some people that might be part-time reusable nappies or reusable nappies in the day or not when they're at childcare and all those kinds of things so this isn't to demonize the disposable nappy but what are some of the issues I guess around waste and all that sort of thing that we might think about? I completely agree that well, firstly, it would make me a complete hypocrite if I said 
go full cloth full time from the beginning because I didn't do that and that wasn't my journey and disposables like so many other plastics in our life provide such convenience Mm. that the way that our life you know our lives run and we manage our lives are there because they filled a gap in the market or there Mm. was a need for them but in terms of the environmental statistics around disposable nappies in the UK we send 33 billion to landfill every year um, which is crazy which is 7 million tons of waste and for one child from birth to when they're potty trained the use of disposable nappies generates around 550 kilograms of CO2 equivalents so they create a, a huge amount of waste and over the past few years we are seeing a huge rise in the eco with air quotations nappies mm-hmm. where you know they'll say that they're biodegradable or compostable and that this is something probably for another conversation or later on and um, around the credentials behind that but um I think consumers clearly are wanting a choice Mm. they're wanting to do something that is better for the planet and although I believe most supermarkets now do stock at least one brand of reusable nappy oh wow they're still not on par for Mm. shelf space which I guess makes sense because the amount of people buying reusables will buy them once probably in their cloth nappy journey and yeah and that's it but they're always shoved at the end of the aisle. They're usually with potty training things. And so they're not up front and centre for people to make that clear choice. And as you said, the bounty ladies being in hospital and with the antenatal classes that you might attend, you know, with with midwives, they're not discussed or they certainly weren't for me. Mm. There was no demonstrations for for you. So it was very much, you know, it it was up to you. And that was one of the reasons really why I wanted to write a book and what led me to have it published as a paperback rather than just as an ebook was mm-hmm. that it would hopefully become the thing that people can read it and pass it on, read yeah. it and pass it on. And eventually, you know, as generations pass, that knowledge will just be known in the mm. same way as it will be known how to use a disposable nappy. Mm. Yeah. We did, I mean, I probably had a slightly similar journey to you in that. I mean, my kids are 12 and nine now on nappy days are kind of long behind us. And that's amazing to me to to sort of find out that reusable nappies are for sale, you know, in the mainstream mm. supermarkets and stuff, because that certainly wasn't the case when mine were in nappies. Yeah, I would totally echo your set, your what you said around the sort of nappy library, because Elizabeth, one of the lovely mums in the Nappy Mums Club, she did a course with me last year and, and she had a, a toddler and a little baby and she was like oh I kind of want to try reusable nappies but I'm just not sure so I did a bit of uh, research and found out her nearest local nappy library and sent her there and and she was like oh my god it's amazing and somebody actually could sit there and show me because this was pre-covid sit there and show me how it all had to be done and talk to me about how it needed to be washed and I think just being able to talk to someone or just have a place where you can come and get the information rather than it being all these different bits of information and stuff is is so useful um I agree so first port of call may well be our local council website to see if they do the nappy vouchers because they'll often I think we had 30 quid I think a 30 quid voucher off the price of nappies and then to see if you have a local nappy library if we're not lucky enough to have sort of a nappy library near us where do we even start because as we've both said they're not there's not just 
one option now there's 20 billion it seems <laughs> I think it depends on whether or not you're making the switch like I did from disposables to reusables or if you want to go straight in with reusables mm -hmm. so for me because I was making a switch I opted for the nappies that are most like a disposable in mm. how they look and how they yes. function so it's called an all-in-one nappy the absorbent part is attached to the waterproof part mm -hmm. the outer I chose ones that had velcro closures just like a disposable mm. and that gave me the confidence to understand how they work how to fit them so that I could then start exploring some of the other options. Mm. If you want to use reusables from the very beginning with your baby, then you probably are going to prefer different options because if you're going to cloth from newborn, in my instance, newborn nappies would have been a waste of time because my son was over 10 pounds when it was born. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Whereas my daughter was only seven and a half pounds. So with newborn nappies, there are some brands who obviously cater for that under eight pound or under eight, under 10 pounds um, birth weight. But from what I've been told, because as I said, I didn't use them from birth with my son and one of the ladies who's included in the book, she did buy all-in-ones, but she actually found just using a muslin, like an old-fashioned oh, terry, wow. yeah. works so much better because they're really thin. Yeah. They're not very expensive. And they dry really quickly, yeah. which, you know, newborn nappies are changing a lot yeah. more frequently. So I would say uh, you'd be probably more confident to give something a little bit more different a try. Yeah. I, because I made that switch from disposables to reusables, I felt like I needed to build my confidence of, mm. with what I was doing. So I started with the all-in-ones and then I moved to pocket nappies, which is just where the um, outer part has a pocket and you slide the absorbencies inside mm -hmm. and my son is um over two now and pretty much we only use pocket nappies mm. now because I find that I can choose the fabrics that the absorbent parts are made from to suit what we're doing yeah and stack them up how I know will get his nappy to last mm. four hours and go slowly like I don't think there's any rush to go in and just buy a full kit I advocate in the book that you will probably be better off trying a few of each different type mm -hmm. before whereas I know that for some people particularly when you're pregnant and you're mm. nesting and you just want it done I just yes. want it done yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. go all in with one brand and you'll buy all of that brand mm -hmm. and then they may not work quite right. right for you or they may not fit quite right for you so Having a few of each brand, I, I think, is definitely the, the best way to start so that mm. as your child grows, you, you'll know which ones work best for you and, and for your family as well. And I guess that's that's similar to using disposables, isn't it? There's, you know, there's some people who are like 100% Pampers, never use anything else. There's some people who are 100%, you know, little zone brand or whatever and never yeah. have any trouble with them. And, and it is just about that little bit of experimentation and feeling brave enough to do that. I guess there's probably, tell me if that I'm wrong, I would think that the main two things people would worry about would be leaking and would be cleaning them. So what's what's your experience been with leaking and what sort of tips have you got for us to worry less hopefully yeah. about that? So yes, leaking is something that 
comes up all, all the time with cloth nappies, which still now I find amazing because how many photographs have we seen online of babies with bright yellow backs <laughs> where they have had a punami, again yeah. with the air quotes, straight up the back of the, the disposable nappies and out the back. Yeah. Um, I've got photographs of my daughter for sure. You know, I've had baby grows that I've had to chuck. Yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. way. There's no way that bright yellow's coming out. So leaks happen for a few different reasons, but they are not the be all and end all. Mm. In the same way that you know, if, a, if a disposable nappy if it leaks, you wouldn't think, oh God, I'm terrible. I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, it's all going horribly mm. wrong. So there are a few different kinds of reasons for a nappy to leak. So the first is obviously fit. Mm-hmm. And nappies that are called birth to potty nappies are designed to obviously fit from birth to your child being potty trained. Mm-hmm. And they can be adjusted so that they fit around the leg, mm-hmm. the leg gap, um, so they shorten or, or elongate. And that is one of the reasons that they can leak is because that's not adjusted properly and okay. that you end up with a gap, mm-hmm. obviously down um, where their legs are. Another reason, which is the one that I could not work out what I was doing wrong. And it wasn't until I actually turned to Instagram and found some people that had, you know, had been um, creating content around cloth nappies on there that I realised my, one of the issues I had was I use a baby carrier, baby sling. Yes. Yeah. With my son a lot. And every time the nappy seemed to leak and that, it's very simple that if you think that instead of obviously it being a series of chemicals that are locking in that fluid mm. as you would get in a disposable, it is fabric yeah. that acts like a sponge. And when you squeeze a sponge, yeah. if it's full, it's going to flood out. So my issue was I was putting my son in the baby carrier and his bottom was yeah. obviously weighing down and squeezing the nappy and it was and it was coming out the sides. So that is another reason. So does that mean that we can't use a baby carrier if we want to use reusable nappy? No. What you'd need to do is put the right absorbency for your baby at that point. So whatever size they are, mm. how much how much fluid they may have had. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. There are different kinds of absorbency, obviously based on the different fabric. So the, the most absorbent fabric is hemp followed by a bamboo and charcoal mixed oh, wow. absorbency layer. There's also plain bamboo inserts or cotton inserts or microfiber inserts. So that's the sort of scale. Microfiber are the least absorbent, but they dry really quickly. Mm. So if your baby's not passing huge amounts of fluid and you want your nappies to dry quickly, great. And um, they'll be great for you. Whereas if you have monster like my son... <laughs> who will drink and drink and drink. There's no way now I could not put him in a nappy that's got a hemp and a bamboo layer inside Mm. it. It just wouldn't last him for more than probably two hours. So it will take a little bit of practice. Also, it depends how long you plan to be out for. If you're going to do a three-hour walk, then you're going to want lots of absorbent layers. Whereas if you're going to do, I don't know, I would say half an hour to the shop, but mm. they aren't doing that now. You know, yeah. 20 minute around the block, you probably won't need quite as much um, absorbency in there. I just I just feel at this point, I just need to apologise if people can hear the background noise that's going on with my kids supposedly going to bed. 
it is like they are incapable of being quiet there are like thuds and bangs and it sounds like the ceiling's coming down and yeah okay (laughs) I only heard one door (laughs) I'm waiting for my dog who's down there to work that's the thing (laughs) jump out my skin okay so we talked about uh, different absorbencies so we've got um because I don't I don't think hemp was around I feel so old I don't think hemp was around and I don't certainly don't remember charcoal but I remember uh, bamboo and cotton and microfiber now microfibers and I think we had some fleece fleecy sort of nappies mm-hmm. as well and obviously I think back in the day I don't think we even sort of thought about microfibers and microplastics and things and obviously mm-hmm. that is something that we're becoming more and more aware of so for people who haven't sort of come across it before this idea that things like um you know our fleece jackets and things are actually made from plastics and the same with microfiber cleaning cloths and the microfibers that we're talking about here the microfiber fibers and when they're washed tiny little microplastics will shed so it's really difficult isn't it because you think oh yeah I'm doing the right thing because I'm avoiding all this plastic with uh, by not using disposables but then you know sometimes the microfiber one is really super convenient because you just need you haven't got much drying space or whatever like what do you what are your sort of views on microfiber nappies I think absolutely they there is a need for them Mm. in the reusables market I was listening to what's her name um Professor Brenda Boardman is it I think she's a professor oh I hope I've not got that wrong who was the researcher who created you know the energy readings that we get on tumble dryers and washing machines and you know the little crib sheet so she's part of the BBC Women's for you know 30 women for the environment that is not exactly how to sell it but she (laughs) so she was saying you know tumble dryers for example there are people that absolutely need tumble dryers who live in flats who have Mm. outside space who do not have room to be able to dry their clothes indoors Mm. like Mm. tumble dryers are necessary and I kind of feel like it's the same with microfiber nappies and the all the modern cloth nappies that have this the plastic laminate which is what gives the waterproof cover Mm. their their waterproofing they do provide something for people in particular circumstances I definitely agree if being completely plastic free is something you're passionate about you can do it and it's one of the things I kind of regret in my own journey and we're not having any more children (laughs) so this is it this is my one shot I wish I had looked into that side a little bit more because woolen covers particularly which is what I've been using at nights now over cotton bamboo mixed fitted nappies they're really not as scary as I thought they were gonna be oh the thought of oh I'm gonna have to hand wash them like that's really annoying and I bet they stink and you can't put you know put them in at 60 degrees like you do with your other nappies it took me a little bit of time to build some confidence around doing that but the more I learn about so much in the environmental sustainable ish journey I've been on it is something that I kind of wish I'd done a bit sooner really I think I had I tried one wool wrap and the wrap um if people are listening and they they're like completely new to big to reusable nappies is the sort of outer layer and as Laura said often that will be I mean when when our parents were doing reusable nappies it was literally this sort of rubber <laughs> pants wasn't it these big yeah. rubber pants I think and um but now you get this sort of waterproof layer incorporated into the all-in-ones and the pocket nappies and that sort of thing but if you want to go 
I guess another step further you can get wool wraps and I don't understand it it's magic but they are waterproof aren't they some kind of magic happens um I've got one wool cover I shouldn't really call it a wrap because it doesn't wrap over it is like a big pant that you Mm. pull on that you don't laminize so that is just it just the wool that it's made from is um a barrier enough Mm. whereas I have another kind which you can lanolize which is the weirdest feeling because it feels really sticky and you think oh I've done this horribly wrong and then lanolin is the um the sort of grease that comes naturally isn't it in sheep's wool wool. and like if you've ever been breastfeeding and had sore nipples you'd have probably had them yeah is it lansino I always pronounce that's right yeah lansino and you can use so you could either just use that can't you or something similar to sort of lanolize or to waterproof these these yeah I just I just buy it in a little block, the lanolin, but it's great for your skin. <laughs> Obviously, if you're not vegan, if yes. you're vegan, then I would assume that you'd be going down the plastics route. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, so we're going to get on to washing because I know that's going to be a big thing. So just aware that we're sort of talking about lots of different terms and lots of different types of nappies and all that sort of thing. So we've said, um, you know, have a look, see if you're not council do vouchers have a look see if you've got a nappy library near you because I as you said then you can try a couple of each type and work out what works for you you can if you want to get birth to potty nappies which I think we had which should fit from when they're tiny we need to when they're potty trained but as you said you need to be careful with adjusting them and making sure that they all fit and the absorbency different fabric liners and that sort of thing will have different absorbency and different drying times as well so the more absorbent the slower I think the key is and the more absorbent the slower the drying time mm-hmm. okay so washing this is I think the other thing that really puts people off take us from baby's done a poo in the nappy what do we do so like so many of the other things we've talked about it depends at what stage your baby is mm. at so what stage their poo is at mm-hmm. if you have a baby that is just milk fed breastfed mm-hmm. or bottle fed it doesn't matter their feces doesn't have to go down the loo right it can go in the machine not block your filters and okay. go out and be treated with all the other gray water mm-hmm. and not harm the environment that's absolutely fine if you've got a weaned baby mm-hmm. or you know a child that is having no bottle milk or breast milk anymore you need to empty the contents of the nappy down the toilet mm-hmm. which as you said is the one thing that mm-hmm. comes up time and time again where does the poo go which is why mm-hmm. I, I named one of the, the parts of my book that um <laughs> it seems really weird that we've got this strange detachment now to the idea that we would take poo from a child's nappy and put it down the toilet mm-hmm. but we wouldn't take an older child's poo or an adult's poo and wrap it in a plastic bag and put it in the bin Mm. it took me a while to get my head around that oh yeah of course and even with potty training um my son has decided this week that he wants to start using the potty and he'll even he'll even say you know well not in full sentences poo in the loo so Mm. he's already making that connection I guess having an older um sibling as well he's seeing that so Obviously, we know that not all children will form a solid stool either. Mm-hmm. So if they do a solid stool, great, pop it down the toilet, flush. I think the happen. times that happened with mine must have been, I could count them on one hand because they've, you know, 
you, you very rarely catch it straight off do you and then and no, then it's been squished in it. and yeah 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 so, so there's there, a degree of scraping involved isn't there absolutely let's be honest yeah definitely <laughs> or sluicing I'm a bit of a sluicer but I had a poo use... knife that used to sit on top of the system <laughs> yes that's right yeah um I've got a friend who uses a spatula a silicon spatula <laughs> um I've got a knife though which will probably not re-enter my kitchen no. <laughs> I like to use reusable nappy liners because I don't think I'm going to have anyone to pass my nappies on to. So I will probably sell them or give them to nappy libraries. So I want them to be in really good condition. So why? Why? Yeah, that's the first question, I guess. Like this whole thing. Well, I, you know, with a disposable nappy, you wouldn't put a liner inside it. So mm-hmm. why are we putting a liner inside a nappy to start with? So for me, I do it because it it makes it easier for me to clean the nappy because Mm -hmm. most of the time my liners are big enough to catch all the bowel movement. So Mm -hmm. I can lift the liner out and hold it under the flush in the toilet, flush, that goes down the loo, may have to use the knife as well. And then I use a nappy bucket. Some people prefer wet bags, but I, I have a nappy bucket in our toilet. So then I just pop them in there. For me as well, depending on how frequently you're washing your nappies, Obviously, the longer that is in contact with the nappy, the more likely it is that it will stain. It doesn't yeah. mean it's not clean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it could it could have a stain, and particularly in the winter, we or if you don't have access to outside space, you haven't got the sun sure. acting as a natural a natural bleach. So for me, I prefer reusable liners. So what are they reason. made of? The liners. Mine are made from. They are a polyester mix. I had um, a changing mat and I cut mm. the cover up to use that when we didn't use it anymore. See, I did um, that. I chopped up a fleece, an old fleece blanket. And now, you know, in hindsight, yeah. I probably wouldn't because it's all the microfibers and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I know it's yeah, it's funny, isn't it? That but actually, I feel like the amount that I've got use of that. Oh, God, that yeah. thing wouldn't have been used yeah. for anything else. It would have just gone to the fabric. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, but you can buy disposable liners as well. Mm-hmm. When I was researching for the book, I didn't find any, though, that said they were safe to flush. And that was what I found really frustrating when I, because I had some in my council. Yeah. So then I was having to faff about with a nappy bag to put Mm. the liner in to put it in the bin. And I found, I personally found that very frustrating. But I do know from friends that particularly in childcare settings or when they've got grandparents looking after their children, that they much prefer reusable liners disposable liners sorry disposable liners sorry or of course you don't have to use any Mm -hmm. my children are both of them one in disposables one in reusables have both been prone to a touch of nappy rash Mm -hmm. which is another thing that floats around sometimes with the cloth nappy community oh you'll never get nappy rash well I've had one in disposables that has and one in reusables that has Mm. it's just genetic I guess and so I do use barrier creams on them Mm -hmm. and they can be tricky to get out of the nappy mm-hmm. um, and as I said because I hope to pass mine on at the end of the day um, when we're finished you know I wouldn't want there to be any reason that they wouldn't yeah 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 absorbent so I use so the pseudocreme and things like that can really like work its way into the yeah and, and they can be really hard to to get out I I've written in the book um, and I say this to anyone that the best creams I found are ones that go translucent when you apply them because they're much less likely to block the fibres, particularly with things like pocket nappies where they have, you know, like a liner basically Mm. on the top. 
and then you slide your inserts underneath it or if you're using like a pad nappy or a muslin mm. um where the skin is going to be on direct contact with that absorbent part mm. um, it just it just helps make sure that the creams aren't getting embedded in into those mm. fibers Okay, so we've done a dump. Well, we haven't done a dump. The basics <laughs> and uh, the uh, whatever we've used, a reusable liner or a disposable liner, the poo has been dealt with. And then you said you have a nappy bin. So talk us through that. So I have a bucket which it has a mesh liner. It's got cute little hooks. And the joke of it is, I bought this bucket probably three or four years ago to put toys in from the garden, <laughs> not knowing it was a nappy bucket. And then when I started my reusables journey, I thought, oh, I'm getting that out of the Wendy house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so my, I have a mesh bag that hooks inside. So all the nappies get popped inside that yeah. lid on and it has a handle that flips over. So it keeps the lid on securely. You cannot smell anything. It's absolutely fine. You're not going to end up with a stinky house. Mm-hmm. Like our parents, when they were doing cloth nappies, they, you know, they were told to soak them in Milton and stuff like that, weren't they? Whereas now it's it's called dry paling or something, isn't it? So That's you right. put the nappies in the bucket. I don't soak mine at all. I think there probably are some people that still do, but the manufacturers will tell you whether or not to, mm. to, you, to do that. If you've got nappies that have the PUL on, if they have prolonged contact, I think if they're sat in water for a long mm. time, it can make the laminate come apart yeah, from yeah, the yeah, yeah. from the fibers so so that's why they say don't soak okay. so then I just lift the mesh bag out and pop it in my washing machine if you use a wet bag so it's similar to the outside of these nappies where it's a PUL laminate you pop them in you zip it up I use wet bags for childcare um, and being out of the house um, similar no stinks or smells you can buy them in all sorts of sizes. So depending on how frequently you want to wash, I guess you could buy a massive one or a mm-hmm. not so massive one. And same thing, you just undo the zip. You don't have to touch the nappies. Put the bag straight in the machine mm-hmm. like I do with my mesh bag. And there are three best pieces of advice is a rinse first, because you might have had nappies sat there for two days, mm. three days. So if there is any feces on there, obviously it will be dry yeah so rinse first uh, a long wash a lot of washing machines now obviously are designed to reduce the amount of water mm. they use so the longest cycles you have usually are ones that will make sure there's plenty of water in the drum mm-hmm. so your cotton cycle for example and you use powder detergent no softener and when you buy your powder it must be non-biological now so we some... can't use the little like you know you can get those um sort of liquid sachet things that you can chuck in can't use them can't use pour in liquid can't use the little balls that you put the liquid in it just powder that's that you put right. in the drawer just good old-fashioned powder it comes <laughs> in a cardboard box yeah 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 if this helps i'll just quickly read this bit from my book so it says I am no chemist, but if you read the back of your liquid laundry detergent or fabric softener bottles, you'll find that they both contain this, cationic surfactants. This is what keeps clothes soft. It binds to the fabric until it's rubbed off by daily wear or is broken down by detergent and washed away. They have a positive charge, which makes them hydrophobic. Mm -hmm. They repel water, which is not what you want your cloth makers to do. Um, Whereas powder detergents don't. They okay. contain anionic surfactants. So that is the crux of it. That's Brilliant. why you use powder. So pre-rinse, long cycle, laundry powder, what temperature? 
be guided by what the manufacturer says. Okay. What if I've got different types of nappies and they're all saying, do you know, like, because if you've got yeah. sort of a couple of different brands. It varies between 40 and 60 degrees. Yeah. It also varies on whether you choose to use a nappy sanitizer. Right. So there are powders that you can add to your detergent, which sanitize. So nappy sand that you can... Yeah, yeah we, nappy yeah, sand. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. yeah. There's one called violets, I think. And so do I'm you not... bother with... Do you add that or not? I have used it in the past. I used it when he had his vaccinations. Okay. I wasn't told to. I asked the nurse about it and no, sorry, I asked the doctor saying, I can't remember which is which is the bug one, but they say that it can be in the fecal matter and you have oh, to okay. wash your hands. And I remember right. asking, Oh, but a cloth nappy, is that gonna be a problem? Yeah. And they said no. Okay. But just for my own mm. anxiety, really. I did use them, but I don't tend to. I don't tend And do to you wash it forty or sixty? I wash at 60. Okay. The one thing I will say, though, is that obviously I only have one in nappies. Mm. So I think a lot of people choose to use nappy sanitizers when they're washing nappies from multiple children right. yeah, in yeah, yeah. one go. It's the same with whether you wash at 40 or 60. I wash at 60 because I know that my washing machine is as full as it needs to be. Right. So I, I don't tend to wash where I've only got a few nappies yeah, yeah, at the yeah. bottom. Um, I, for me that the fact that I don't tumble dry them they all get dried indoors and they get hung on the line I'm okay with that okay yeah 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 and how often should we be washing them do we have to wash them every day or no you don't have to wash them every day even even if you're not soaking them I tend to wash mine every other day which mm-hmm. I think is quite a lot but I do mine based on the size of my bucket yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. when my bucket is full that is my little oh yeah better wash them mm-hmm. the reason also for that is because I don't have many nappies right we try and live sort of minimalist principles and um, we try to only have what we need so but that was going to be one of my questions how, how many nappies do we need like is yours is your little boy in nappies at night time? Because I could never get mine in reusables at night time. They just got really sore willies and I don't know what I was doing wrong. So mine were always in disposables at night time. At night. Some children are just predisposed to things. I think definitely, like I said, my son gets nappy rash, even mm. though, which was weirdly during the day and not at night. I don't okay. know why that is. Yeah. For me, it's what they've eaten. So right. if he's yeah, lots yeah, of yeah. acidic fruit and sure. things like that, that would be yeah. why. But um, yes, he does use we do use them at night the best way to start well this is what I've said to everyone is with 20 nappies for day and mm-hmm. five for night mm-hmm. so that you don't become a slave to the washing machine yeah however there is a huge part now of the modern cloth nappy community where collecting them is, mm. is a big part of it and people absolutely love it it helps their mental health you know, they People choose. talk about having a stash, don't they? And and yeah, because um, I one of the things I wanted to ask you was about because you mentioned selling your nappies on and this idea that my God, you'd buy secondhand nappies sounds really weird, doesn't it? But there's a yeah. massive secondhand nappy market, isn't there? Yeah, I've got a fair few of mine secondhand, and I sold my first lot secondhand um, last week or the week before. And because I've met some really lovely people through Instagram and may have, I joined this community, one of the ladies set up Cloth Made Simple. We've swapped nappies between us. Oh, brilliant. And, um, you know, if, if a style doesn't get on well with one of us, we'll say, oh, does anyone want to travel mm. with their one? And, you know, if their daughter's taller, then 
yeah. my son or whatever, they, they do fit differently. I understand the apprehension around buying them secondhand. And recently I put on my Instagram stories, where would people go to buy their nappies? And 99% of the people said Facebook, mm. absolutely Facebook, which doesn't work for me because I don't use Facebook. No, don't but, you? <laughs> no, well, not really anymore. Um, so there are lots of, um, presumably that's in sort of cloth nappy selling groups and stuff yeah. on Facebook. Yeah, so I think there's a few tips and tricks around buying them secondhand if you want Mm. if you do want to do that and I do include that in the book but it's like with anything you're going to buy secondhand you ask for the information that is necessary you look at the quality of the photographs Mm. you see if the person selling them responds to you Mm. you clearly well and if not then it's a hard pass Mm. (laughs) find it find it elsewhere I've personally had no issues I think I've bought yeah, I've bought five secondhand nappies okay, cool. and I haven't I haven't got tons. So so going back to your original question about how often to wash Oh, well them, done. I can't even remember what my original question was. <laughs> it does. It is based on how many you've got. Yeah. I know I've got friends who, you know, they absolutely love it. They live and breathe it. They run nappy libraries. They have CD racks full wow. of nappies. And, you know, if it brings them joy, then I can't see that. Yeah, that it's terrible personally. So drying them, my recollection is that tumble drying is a general no-no. It depends, again, on the the brand of nappy, the type of nappy. If it is a nappy that's got a waterproof outer attached to any of the absorbency, then absolutely not. I do know that for some of the, with some of the brands where the absorbency is separate, so if that's with a pocket nappy, the bit that you stuff inside, or if it's a, you know, pad terry mm-hmm. um they will say you can tumble dry them on a on a low setting you tumble dry um, the inserts yeah just okay. the inserts so yeah. as long as they don't have any of the the pul on them yeah and i think it also depends on what the elastics are made from i mean i live in cheshire on the manchester derbyshire border my lawn is currently underwater because we have so much rain here i do have central heating so i have an airer next to a radiator mm-hmm. I'm lucky that I have the space to do that but I just made the decision I'm not going to tumble dry any of my nappies and they dry fine you get into a rhythm don't you You get into a cycle and you you can sort of manage it I feel like we skipped a step in um so when you take it off do you need to take the inserts out if you've got a pocket nappy do you need to velcro it all back up again because you can end up with a sort of velcro ball can't you of nappies all stuck together I've forgotten that as well because I have stopped using Velcro nappies actually. Um, so thank you for reminding me. So what me. do you use? Ones with poppers? Yeah. Okay. I have a problem with one of my hands. So I find peeling the Velcro um, uh, yeah, yeah, challenging. Yeah. So I use Velcro nappies until, well, probably for a good nine months. But when I started with a mm. carpal tunnel, I was like, oh, I really can't. I yeah. just can't manage it. So with velcro nappies they will have something called a laundry tab so basically on the reverse Mm, the soft velcro so you just need to make sure you close the sticky side back Mm -hmm. onto back onto the uh, laundry tab so that they don't end up Mm -hmm. as you say in this big Uh, velcro ball mess or attached to your other nappies yeah i know i have friends particularly with um some of the prints that Oh, limited edition they right. completely separate them velcro wow. nappies get washed with velcro nappies 
snap snappies get yeah. snap snappies. I'm not that bothered <laughs> <laughs> um and then I guess the 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 sort of question here we're sort of following through the the life cycle almost of the nappy once you're done with your nappies because the whole idea I guess is that we're trying to use less resources but it's the same as a you know a reusable bag you have to use it x number of times before it becomes more yeah. environmentally friendly than a, a single use one so the whole idea i guess with the reusables is that we keep them in use for as long as possible so mm-hmm. um ideally we would then you know if we have subsequent children we obviously use them with the subsequent children and and kind of then oh gosh now what do i do with these nappies mm-hmm. that might probably aren't that pristine i may not be able to sell them on it sort of feels like oh gosh now i'm i've avoided the landfill guilt and now i may have to face it yeah, I completely agree, um, which is obviously something I've, I've, uh, I, I am teetering on the edge mm. of. I've had a couple of nappies fail, so the PUL has failed, right. or the elastics have failed, and they are irreparable. And it's actually on my to-do list to just have a little chat with some of the manufacturers about whether or not they take them back mm. and recycle them. So one of the all-in-one nappies I had, I just cut out the absorbent pad. Oh, okay. Um, and I use that for cleaning. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> um, but I'm, with the shell, I um, just put it in. I've got a bag of things to take to the, we have at our local tip, a place for fabric recycling. Oh, okay. But because of COVID and mm, going out mm. and things, I haven't checked their list of what they yeah. accept yet. So it's still under my stairs. So that'll be one that I will come back to you on for sure. But I think that's definitely something that we maybe, and you know, as you're still really sort of in the cloth nappy community, be asking manufacturers, you know, are, surely there needs to be this sort of closed loop where you, mm-hmm. you take them back at the end of life and either you can recycle them into something else or you can break it down and use it to make new nappies and you know that would be the ideal mm-hmm. wouldn't it so mm-hmm. um and it feels like that's maybe an area that we as consumers can kind of start to to exactly as you said to ask these questions and to sort of yeah. see what's happening brilliant you've I, I wish I'd met you when I was doing nappies cloth nappies because I feel like I did so much wrong I didn't do I didn't do rinse cycles I've had them on eco cycles and we used to you know had had the nappy bin and it used to sort of smell a bit like a hamster cage because I don't think I think I was getting a build-up of stuff and the nappies and that sort of thing so I think yeah had I well you wouldn't have had your kids and been on your journey so it wouldn't have made any difference (laughs) but yeah I think if I'd been able to have a place where I could go and you know as you say a resource a book that was like this is what you need to do this is how you do it and these are your different options and all that sort of thing be absolutely invaluable so and where can we get your book Laura? Well you can buy it from any retailer they may not have it physically in a bookshop you just need to obviously say the title and they can order it in from uh, for you the big places like Amazon, Mm -hmm. um, Waterstones, Blackwells, in America Barnes and Noble sell it or you can order it direct from me. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Yeah. And so, because um, you've self-published, haven't you? So if we order it direct from you, then um, you'll get the biggest. That's right. Yeah. That. Brilliant. Yeah. So, we'll, so where's, what's your website? lauratweedale.com. Brilliant. Perfect. Um, and on Instagram, where can we come and find you? I'm just at lauratweedale. Brilliant. And there's all sorts of nappy goodness and chickens on there, isn't there? Yes, I'm right three chickens. <laughs> Who are in their own lockdown. I know, it's really sad. Mine are in lockdown and I just feel really miserable for them. But then I think, no, I'm just as miserable. So. <laughs> Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much for your time, Laura. I hope we've sort of helped to, 
to demystify it a little bit. I'm aware that it's one of those things that you sort of, you don't even think about and then you start to think about and it becomes, you open this whole can of worms and it becomes really overwhelming and you just need to kind of go with that, don't you? And come out the mm -hmm. other side and, and, and not be afraid to have a go and to, you know, if, you, if you get some nappies and you don't like them, as you said, you can sell them on and all that sort of thing. So it's not... Um, and reach out for help as well and reach out for support there's as i said you know i'm i met met again mm. eh, quotation marks i met people through instagram who i have been lucky enough to go out and meet in real life now mm. and and form real friendships about because actually just having a chat is mm. what is to a real know, person to a real person particularly someone who you know isn't a particular brand or retailer they're not yes. there to to sell to you they're just there to, to spread joy and, and help you succeed. Yeah, and I think that's one of the best things as well. You know, hopefully when things start to get back to a bit more like normal and we can all go to sort of baby and toddler groups and things again, you know, if you see somebody there and they're changing their kids' nappy and they're using reusables and you're like, oh, um, oh, I'd quite, like, go and ask them. I think 99% of people would be like, oh my God, yeah, come along. And, you know, they would be yeah. like fortunating you. Um, so I think, you know, that as you said, that sort of community is really friendly and really welcoming and um, everybody's always more than keen to... Spread the cloth love. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Brilliant. Oh, thank you so much. You're an absolute superstar. Thank you so much for having me, Jen. It's been a pleasure. you wonderful sack of loveliness with me Jen Gale. Hopefully we've fired some neurons and we've got the old grey matter thinking about what changes you can make in your life this week to live that little bit more sustainably. Do let me know what that is, I love to hear about the changes that people are making, big or small, every single one counts. If you've enjoyed the show and I hope you have, do hop over to iTunes to leave a comment or a review and then the bots at iTunes will cotton on to just how awesome it is and it will show up in more people's feeds. Or at least I think that's how it works. Thanks so much for listening. I will catch you next time. Bye.